0: This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to thewellnesssummit.com, thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christophe and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys, I'm Lawrence Tam.
1: I'm Damien Christophe.
2: And I'm Brett Hill.
0: And this is The Wells Guy Show, a weekly show dedicating Bring Wells to our lives. And today, we got a very special guest. Uh, a special guest that Damien has finally brought on, someone that we're really excited about. She's an author of like four or five uh, books. And uh, Damien, since uh, she's a good friend of yours, and you're contributed to one of her new books. I'd love to hear your introduction of it. Oh...
1: Uh, well, I'm not. I'm not laughing because I'm about to introduce a very good friend of mine. But I'm laughing because Lawrence said I finally brought somebody on that we're excited about. Which does that mean? <laughs> Does that mean you haven't been excited about anybody
0: That's else? I, nice I think nice gig. I think she might be the first person you actually brought on the show, no? No,
1: I don't think so. <laughs> we can look back to you know, Lauren Cordain. There's there's a whole bunch of people that Yeah, but brought, I'm more like,
0: excited about uh, today's podcast. I bet you are. You know,
1: it's probably because you've seen the photo. That's what it is. Well, we've got a very, very special guest tonight. Uh, we Our relationship, friendship goes back a long way, and probably back to even before I started studying chiropractic. So I um, – I came across this beautiful woman uh, when I was listening to um, a radio station, uh, Love Songs and Dedications, in fact, uh, on on Double TFM back in the day. I don't know if anybody (laughs) actually (laughs) remembers Where is this going? Uh, But, but, you know, Love Songs and Dedications, I often thought, oh, I really want to call up this person and I'm going to request a song, but I never did. But uh, it came to pass that eventually I ended up meeting Andy Liu um, through – uh, through another great friend of mine Warren Sipsa and they've gone and written books and they've had family and started a, a chiropractic practice together and taken the world by storm in spreading the wellness message and Andy's written three books recently um, that I've been fortunate enough to write the foreword to and her latest book her current book which is called Real Fit Food is a is a kicker it's unreal and so tonight I'd like to welcome Andy Lou to the wellness guys Andy welcome.
3: What an intro, guys. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How about that? Do you remember those days where you did uh, Richard Mercer's job?
3: Yep. The uh, Love Songs Dedications show on Double TFM, which is now Mix 101.1. But that's that's because, Damien, you were a television presenter in New Zealand, famous on the little screen. Yeah, the little so we both did TV and radio and had the Mutual Admiration Society going.
1: <laughs> Andy, um, back in those days, I think you might have been vegan. Um, is that correct?
3: Uh, vegetarian. I didn't eat meat for like 16 years. Um, just didn't sit well with me and just really enjoy vegetables and uh, especially legumes being with Spanish-Moroccan background, we always cooked a lot of um, chickpeas and lentils and things like that. And I think it was more for ethical reasons too, guys. So but then uh, more recently um, I was training martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I said to uh, my now ex-husband at the time, geez, I really feel like I just need to sort of Tear my teeth into something while I was preparing for this comp, and I just felt really carnivorous and I hadn't eaten meat for sixteen years, and he said, Well, you're probably in fight or flight, and that's probably a normal reaction. so if you really feel like it, maybe you should listen to your body and just go for it and I tried some chicken and it took me about two hours to eat it. <laughs> it was really hard to do, and um I've kind of slowed down on eating meat again, but um, I don't mind it, and I think it's important to listen to your body and you know, if your lifestyle changes, then go with that as well.
2: So back in the day, Andy, what, what sort of vegetarian were you like? What was your typical diet consisting of?
3: So Brett, I would just love having huge amounts of salad. So you know when somebody makes up a massive salad and they usually share that amongst the family for four people, I would just have that whole bowl to myself. Um, always with protein so whether that be some boiled eggs or some chickpeas or whatever else was going but lots of fresh foods because I like to think if you can kill it or you can grow it you should eat it
0: so Andy, so, eating when, is- I, nice. so when you actually yeah. switched over to uh, you know um, started eating meat again did it take you a while I mean it took you two hours to digest the first one <laughs> first piece of meat yeah. but did it take you a while to kind of integrate it back into your diet on a regular basis or was it just kind of right away
3: you know, I couldn't get my head around it, probably didn't need it again for about another two weeks. Mm. It was an ethical thing too. And I was like, don't watch me, you know, and I couldn't think about it too much. Um, But I think that it was just what my body needed through a really stressful time. As I said, I was training for something really, really hardcore. Um, And I was also going through some, you know, personal stuff as well. And I think I was a little bit underweight and I think it was maybe just a quick way of putting on some weight quickly. Um, But yeah, I just... I find it quite interesting now even talking about it because I hadn't eaten meat for 16 years. It's almost like I feel guilty that I have eaten it. (laughs) It's
1: funny, hey? Yeah. Andy, in in your uh, last three books, you've spoken about uh, eating real food. Um, Prior to that, you wrote a number of different books. One's about um, um, holistic mothering or holistic parenting, and then another one about seven things that your doctor didn't tell you. Um, And there's been a bit of a I suppose, a theme um, about all of this, and it's about getting back to nature and getting back to natural and getting back to what feels right. Um, it, I, I think that's the way in which I've kind of interpreted it. Yep. Um, with so, it, yeah.
3: With, I mean eating- with, yeah, You go. Oh, Go on, I was going to say, well, eating meat came about from the fad when paleo started coming out, Damien. So, you know, everybody was talking about paleo and I started thinking, well, it kind of makes sense. But if we did eat meat, and there are Vigo paleos too, but it would just be so seldom, you know, by the time somebody actually from the village was able to catch that wild, you know, that wildebeest or whatever and wrestle it and then they would share it amongst the whole village and, you know, not let anything go to waste and things like that. And then it would be like, you know, another couple of weeks or a month before they could do it again. So I made a decision that if I was going to do it, it would be just really rarely and um, make everything else about eating as close to nature as possible. But the theme you're you're talking about is, you know, I guess just being instinctive. Um, And, you know, the seven things your doctor forgot to tell you, that book is a chiropractic philosophy and I'm a massive chiropractic fan because the philosophy is really about honouring the body's innate intelligence to self-heal and, and regulate on its own. And what we feed it and nourish it is just so important.
2: Um, I think it's really interesting, Andy. Like, so what you're saying is you think, I mean, because having a look at some of the evidence, I guess, around hunter gatherer diets and what they consisted of, I mean, there seems to be more of an indication there that, that most of them were carnivorous. Um, And and I guess, you know, if you look at, I guess, our Indigenous populations, they did tend to eat meat relatively regularly. Um, You know, have you sort of come across some stuff suggesting that they were eating it less frequently than that?
3: Well, I guess I'm not sure. But, you know, I think rather than getting too hung up on the whole paleo concept, what I like to do is take little bits about that, and that's out of it rather, and that's like, I guess, everything in life, Brett, where you just – take things that make sense for you and then depending on, you know, what's going on in your life, what kind of job you're having. And every family dynamic is so unique and every person is so different. So you really just have to work out what's right for you. But, you know, going back to nature and being as instinctive and natural as we can, and that's the theme in parenting as well, like breastfeeding full term if possible. Um, Instead of calling it extended breastfeeding, I like to call it full term breastfeeding. Because if you're making milk, it's because the child needs it. Um, Yeah, just things like that, honoring how our bodies are designed and how they're working and and working with it instead of against it.
0: Mm. Andy, um, your last three books, I mean, you had Eat Fat, Be Thin, Eat Fat, Be Lean, and the latest book is Real Fit Food. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that, you know, the stuff that's actually covered in the book. You know, you talk about fit food. What is fit food to you?
3: Yeah, so food that fuels you, Lawrence. And it's real food as well. And real food is stuff that's not processed. So if we actually look at the process of processing a food, and it's so funny because then when it's processed, it's just not food anymore. But, you know, um, let's look at the, and Damien and I were talking about this when he was writing the foreword to the book. But, you know, the sugar cane, for example, because everybody's saying, well, let's not eat sugar, but sugar is actually okay for you, isn't it, Damien?
1: Yeah, totally. It's so much better than that fake stuff, especially the the sugar. Alcohol is like erythritol, for example.
3: Yeah. So, but when you um actually are eating food in the way that it's designed, whether you believe in God or the universe or whatever, that's a sugar cane that's grown in the fields. And, you know, I remember being in far North Queensland when we grew up, we went for a drive and then mum would, you know, say, quick, pull over. We'd cut off a piece of sugar cane and she would chew on it and just love it. And I thought it was really strange, but um, it's it was obviously so natural and normal. And From studying nutrition now as a food lifestyle and wellness coach, I was having a look at things and thinking, wow, that's micronutrition that we need, so aka vitamins and minerals. So within that sugar cane, that whole food, because it's not a process, it's the food in its entirety, it's basically probably got, you know, what, Damien, uh, vitamin C, maybe some fibre, whatever other micronutrition is going on in there that the body needs or the brain needs to feel satiated or full. And so you would probably only chew a little bit of it and then you wouldn't, you wouldn't need it anymore. But then we put it through this process where we squeeze, say, the water out of it and then we make it more concentrated and so therefore we have too much. And then we go and make it into raw sugar and then we go and burn it and bleach it and do all sorts of things and heat it up and turn it into white sugar and then we process it some more, that word process, and then we turn it into caster sugar, and then it finally becomes icing sugar. <laughs> and so by the time we're eating that icing on the cupcake, it's not even real food anymore. Mm.
1: It's such a big point, and I think I speak about that a lot in The Power of Food, too, and at the Wellness Summit, we'll be talking a bit about that as well Um, coming up. thought I'd get that plug in there then. Uh, But with the Wellness Summit coming up, and I'll be talking a bit about uh, that processing issue. And when you do process things, you lose a lot of the micronutrients, which is what you're talking about there, Andy. And so coming back to real fit food, um, I suppose what you're saying there is just moving away from the processing of food, which means that you're eating everything that's real um, and everything that's kind of – Got the ability to give life. Is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah, that's it. So if the food's alive, it's going to give you life. And I remember as a teenager, I just came out of high school and I worked at a fabulous place in Carman Valley called Camp Eden Health Retreat. It was one of the original before all the golden doors and the yeah, green gardens opened. Eden, wow! So beautiful, mm. so beautiful. They had botanists working there, and people were just living off the land in this stunning valley. But now I've forgotten my point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Talk about real food, like it's food that gives life. I got life. carried away. Food that amazing. gives life.
3: Yes, giving your life, and um, one of the nutritionists and naturopaths said that um, it might be a good idea for me to eat sprouts at the time, and it was because it was such a new food. It was a sprout. It it was sprouting, and it was something so brand new. It was full of life, and I thought that was really interesting. Don't you think, Damien?
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Well, we see that a lot, And, um, and it's interesting you say that, Andy. I don't know. And if we go back, we interviewed a guy, Peter D'Adamo, some time ago, and he would say that sprouts are fantastic for people with B type blood. Um, oh yeah. So I don't know what blood type you've got, Andy, but I am B type. That's amazing. That's incredible. How about that? So oh my uh, God, it's meant to be <laughs> things that move fast and grow fast and that are new and young. So sheep, for example, fish, really good, um, and sprouts in this case. So that's very interesting.
3: Wow, I love it. And so, yeah, the more you learn about how your body works and how to fuel it, um, you know, it just gives you more life and you feel more alive. And, I, I mean, I get to the point and I love to educate the people that come to read, you know, to my seminars or read my books, get them to the point where they actually walk into that petrol station and when they say, oh, would you like, you know, any chocolates or whatever to go with that, and you see this array of colorful packaged foods, I kind of walk in before they go to ask me, I just go, I know that's not even food. And I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm human, I have done that before and um, I just don't feel like doing it very often if at all anymore because I just know that it's not real food
2: yeah and and in your book obviously real fit food so we 're talking about uh, fueling for uh, exercise and for for athletes as well and and I think a lot of the time people you know athletes tend to think that if you want to have optimal performance, then you need to have you know protein shakes and energy drinks and supplements and, and you know all those different things that kind of can go with i guess the exercise and the the optimal performance sort of mindset and and obviously, you're sort of suggesting, well, let's let's peel it back. You know, what would you say to those people who think that they need to have their gels and their sports drinks and all those sort of things to perform well?
3: Well, if you're eating um, a variety of foods, so you know, people bang on about like in the health profession, eat a varied diet, Brett. So varied diet means the larger the variety, the more nutrition you're going to get from the food rather than getting it from a supplement. But don't get me mm-hmm. wrong because there are times where there are chronic conditions and you need supplements short periods of time or if you're exercising a lot and you need an extra amount. But what, what what's really good is to try and vary the diet. For example, if you're going to be eating fruit, if let's say you only like one type of fruit, that's not going to be good for you because – Vitamin C might be higher in strawberries, but then you might need potassium from bananas, for example. So the more varied that diet gets over that day, then over that week, then over that year, then the more chances you're increasing micronutrition, the vitamins and minerals that your body needs to be well. And it's interesting that you're talking about training because in the book, uh, I talk about functional training. And I'd love to talk about that if that's okay, guys.
2: Yes, please do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. So with functional training, there are movements that our bodies are designed to do. And as a chiropractic assistant, having worked in a practice with, you know, Warren Sipsa, we were talking about him for 13 years, I just was so inspired. And there are certain movements that our bodies are designed to do. And some of those functional training movements are a squat, for example. And the squat's one of my favorite functional training moves because Everywhere in other parts of the world, people are squatting and we're just not doing it. Hmm. So you've got in the Asian cultures, for example, everyone's squatting to eat, to work, to hang out, to chat, to birth, to bleep. Now, And so they're just squatting to do all of that.
1: Love to all our love...
3: <laughs> so, um, And it's not because they don't have chairs or they don't have toilets. They do. It's just that their bodies are designed to sit that way. And in the Western world, we're not squatting, and so we're having all sorts of problems. Um, and some of the benefits of a squat are, you know, getting a really good stretch in the spine. Um, it's actually contrary to what you think. It's good for your knees and, you know, your ankle mobility. Um, it's good for digestion and bowel movements and things like that. Is is that right, Damien? And, you know... <laughs> Tell me about the squat.
1: (laughs) Well, it is. I'm just laughing so hard thinking about Lawrence squatting at home. I just – I can't imagine. That's what us Asians do. We we squat all the time. I (laughs) squat (laughs) at the liking that but i'm sure that that's what you do do would that be right
0: i'm squatting right now as i record this podcast (laughs) put the yeti on the ground that's right it's on the ground it forces me to get down low to speak
1: (laughs) so racist i love it
0: it. oh that's good no but i actually
3: presented at the mind body spirit festival recently and i demonstrated a proper squat how we should be doing it and um oh, all of a sudden my leather pants, it's a bit breezy back here and they split. (laughs) I just didn't realise. And then lucky I had my um, publicist there and she was wearing a big scarf and she wrapped it around me like a sarong and I continued to present. But I think everybody felt really sorry for me that day and bought, you know, two books each. (laughs)
1: That's what I do. The the squat cells, that's what it means.
3: (laughs) No, but another functional movement, and we'll go back to this Paleolithic era, era is um for example the pull up and that's what they might be doing you know when they're climbing from branches in trees and picking berries and things like that so you Rich might pull.
2: That. Yeah Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're a monkey no i love squats and i love pull ups they're, yeah. they're two of the absolute best functional movements you know using big postural muscles um you know using big chunks of your body to get a really great workout you know you can you're working on your balance, you're working on your strength, you're working on your endurance, you're working on you know, all those different aspects whilst you're doing these movements. Flexibility, so... Yeah. These, these are two of my absolute favorites. I love them. In fact, I'm going to be doing some pull-ups as soon as we finish this recording. That's yeah. how much I love them.
1: You're inspired already. doing them
2: now. Lawrence is
1: squatting. I'm pulling up and Brett's working up to it. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> and the thing is, and this is what I say to the mums because, you know, there are so many mums that come to me and they're busy with kids. And look, I'm a mum too and I'm busy and I'm working and I'm very attached in my parenting style and, and I'm always with my kid. But, you know, if we are going to the park, like I don't just watch him get on the monkey bars. I'm on the monkey bars too trying to practice my pull-ups you know and it might be only two or three that i can do that day but then hopefully you do three or four the next week and so on and so on you know but i think it's just important to move our bodies more and we're just not but the reason why functional movements are so good is because not only are our bodies designed to move that way but you're also moving or using one more than one muscle group at a time so if you are time poor which we all are hello instead of going to the gym like a bodybuilder does and doing isolated movements like bicep curls and tricep working on triceps that's when you're sculpting but functional movements are good because you're using a lot of muscle groups at the same
2: time Mm. yeah you get so much more bang for your buck don't you you get so much more of a workout in such a short space of time it's great
3: i love the way you put that brett that was good so um
0: andy when you first started uh you mean obviously you were a tv presenter and you were in the media business and how did you get involved i'd love to know just how you transitioned into health and and you know reading uh, sorry, writing all these books and all that stuff
3: I know. How funny is it, Lawrence? Like, I wonder that myself. And I think sometimes you're just born into a personality. Like, I remember just being so um, health conscious from, a little, from such a little girl age at the age of five. I was really angry with people smoking. And I just, I just remember that. And I, I was just really upset by it. And I was also upset by drugs. And I never tried them at school, um, you know, and, you know, when there was peer pressure going around and all of that. Um, but... <sighs> Then when I met um, you know Warren and he taught me about the chiropractic philosophy and how it's important to work with the body and and when you put a drug in your body, and that's fine if it's an emergency and we need that, but just on a general basis we're disconnecting brain to body and um, when we're having a chiropractic adjustment, for example, we're reconnecting brain to body. And I was like, wow, this makes so much sense to me. This is exactly why I don't like drugs, whether they're prescriptive or you know, street drugs or whatever. And I got really involved in the chiropractic profession and that's when I wrote my first book with Warren, Seven Things Your Doctor Forgot to Tell You. And it talks about the difference between well care and sick care and also how prevention is the only cure. And um, and then, you know, I went on to become a mother and then, you know, continued with my passion about natural parenting or natural birthing and natural breastfeeding and doing everything naturally and, um, and, you know, then inspired to always eat well and my mum was a bit of a health food freak. I used to get teased at school about what I ate. But now it's all sort of paying off. I think I look 10 years younger and than what I really am. I'm going to be 72 next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're in great shape for 72.
3: No, no, actually, seriously, I'm going to be 41 on Wednesday. <laughs> wow, fantastic.
1: Great job, Andy.
3: Yeah. But, um, and, I, you know, I attribute that to chiropractic care, because I've seen a lot of research about how DNA uh, structure can be changed through changing the signal from the brain to the rest of the body, and that's a lot of Dr. Bruce Lipton's writings and work, Yeah, yeah, and also, you know, what I put in my body.
2: And so, Andy, coming back to the real food, you know, and exercise, one of the questions we get asked a lot on the show is about, you know, what should you be eating before you exercise, during exercise, after exercise? So can you give us some tips on that?
3: Yeah, so like pre-workout meals and post-workout and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, ideally I think it's best to eat six smaller meals a day and constantly graze. My dentist hates me for it because I have to floss all the time. Um, But it's better to graze and keep that metabolism going and to try and include good fats and proteins with every meal, especially women. And as we age, we start to lose muscle mass, so that's really important. Um, And then to eat as much live and organic foods where possible. And uh, so, for example, in some of my books, I've got this recipe called the Amaze Balls, um, or some raw chocolate brownies, and they're good sort of pre-workout meals. You've got um, things in there like forage cereal and coconut and um, dates, maybe, and um, you know almonds and cacao. Cacao's really high in protein and magnesium. Mag- magnesium is great for muscle expanse- expansion and contraction. So, um, just on that if you're ever craving chocolate, everyone, it's because you're craving magnesium. And I find it really interesting because women are always like, give me that chocolate before that time of the month. And it's because it's helping them with their, you know, muscles to expand and contract because of the high content of magnesium in this food, cacao. And uh, that's because the uterus is a muscle too. So you're actually craving the right thing, girls, but maybe get the non-processed kind. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and so... Yeah, just lots of salads and proteins, and then um, I try not to eat bread, but I do have a great chia seed bread recipe in Real Fit Food, and it's made with almond meal and chia seeds and eggs, so it's wheat free, gluten free, dairy free. All my cooking's even sugar free, but you know natural sugars are okay. Nice so stuff. lots and lots of ideas in the books.
0: Mm. Oh, well, actually, I will actually want to talk to you about this book because the, on the cover of this book, I'm, I've been looking at this and you actually, on the cover, you're eating an ice cream. So I, I'm dying to actually you this whole podcast. You know, he said that there's an ice cream that helps you lose weight. I'm sure the um, our listeners would love to hear that.
3: Do you know what, Lawrence? This is my favorite topic because I love this ice cream that I'm eating on the cover. <laughs> um, and I'll have to give it a shameless plug now. It's called Coco Frio. And... You know, my sponsors are people that I've researched their work and literally rung them up and said, Oh my God, I need you in my life so I can help. So you can help me tell everybody about this product. They're not people that are coming to me and saying, Here, have some money. Uh, I want you to promote my product. So that's the difference. And when I found out about Coco Frio, it's made completely from coconut and it's sugar-free and dairy-free and it's sweetened with agave. And in a couple of months' time, for those who are liking low GI or needing fructose-free, they're doing it with rice malt syrup. So it's going to be the most amazing ice cream you can ever eat. And the reason why it helps you to lose weight is because it's full of good fats and it hasn't got sugar. So it's sugar that makes you fat, not fat, and when you're eating good fats, which is essential fatty acids, and the key word to that phrase, essential fatty acids, is the word essential, (laughs) <laughs> we need, yeah, we need those fats to help us feel full, because in the Western world, we're just not eating fats, and you know if low fat worked, we'd all be thin and we're not. So when you start actually eating good fats, you feel full and then you move on to other activities. So when you eat this type of ice cream, you will actually feel full, move on to other activities, and in a couple of hours later need to graze again, And that's where that whole grazing philosophy goes into. but, my favourite flavours are the black sesame and the salted caramel. Oh, oh. my God. Salted,
1: salted caramel. caramel. I went to Thrive oh. recently and had a salted caramel uh, milkshake that they made with made dates with and stuff.
3: Oh. oh, that sounds great. Yeah, you yeah to Thrive. Thrive's at Paleo Cafe. Yeah,
1: yeah. got to get there. It's really good, really good. Andy, Andy. Um, actually, can you just turn your volume down a little bit, Andy, just because we're all getting a little bit of feedback there. Um, um, Andy, Andy, I oh, noticed that you exercise quite a lot. Yeah. Um, you eat very well. You are very clean. You've just told us that you've chosen foods that are ideal for you rather than yeah. ideal for someone else writing a book or someone else with a particular model. It's just what's ideal for you and for Bodhi. Yeah. Um, can you tell us what your day consists of? I mean, obviously, ice cream in your snack time, so probably two or three or four snacks of ice cream a day, but what else would you have?
3: <laughs> I wouldn't have an ice cream that much, no. Um, but, um, Okay. So, for example, if it's winter, I'll probably have warmed foods like quinoa porridge or the forage porridge. Um, And I also like to have foods that aren't with bread. So in the morning I might have boiled eggs and a salad. I think it's a bit of an Israeli thing to do. Um, And the salad might be, you know, lots of capsicum, tomato, cucumber, Spanish onion, all finely chopped with avocado through it. And, you know, we forget people go, what's a breakfast food that's a bit different that doesn't include toast? I'm like, you forget you can actually eat salad and boiled eggs. And you can also make a bit of a soup, a broth or whatever you want. But if you feel like you want something sweet, well, then just grab berries and nuts and put some sheep's milk yogurt or something like that. So there's another good one. Or you can have, you know, the chia seed bread with, um, you know, goat's milk feta or something like that. And I usually choose smaller proteins from cows dairy, if you're going to be eating cows, sorry, from dairy, if you're going to be eating dairy, because a lot of people are cows dairy intolerant. So that's because not only are they maybe allergic to the lactose, but they might be intolerant to the casein, which is the protein in that animal. So the smaller the animal, the smaller the protein, which means that the human gut can probably digest it a little bit better. So that's why if you're intolerant to cow's milk, you might go to sheep's milk or goat's milk. Um, And then Another one is a kale omelette, like lots of dark greens with eggs, olives, good fats. That's another good breakfast food. I think people get stuck for breakfast ideas and then they all know how to cook meat and veg and all that sort of stuff. Is that right? Do you guys get stuck for new breakfast ideas?
2: Nah, (laughs) I think a lot of people people generally do. I think a lot of our fans do. Andy, obviously, you're pretty big on the family and the kids stuff as well and giving lots of great parenting advice. So what's a simple sort of couple of go-to meals for the kids?
3: Uh, Let's see. Um, Fresh fish is always good, nice and grilled. And then if you're going to make them chips and you want to do fish and chips, I actually show Bodhi how chips are made and we make it ourselves with the potato and then fry it in coconut oil. And the reason why I like to do that is because coconut oil is actually good for you. It's it's an essential fatty acid, again, good for his developing nervous system. And, you know, we shouldn't shy away from carbs. I mean, especially boys need a lot more carb quota than girls as they're growing up and they're running around. And the thing is, um, with coconut oil, it's the only fat or oil that doesn't denature or lose its molecular structure when you heat it up to a certain temperature. So therefore, it's not going to become carcinogenic when it's being fried or cancer-causing, So, Bodie and I enjoy making fish and chips at home lately.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. Not for brekkie, though.
3: No, not, not for recce, no. <laughs> Too much effort. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Andy, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we no. just ran out of time, so we no. just wanted to um, obviously want to say that, you know, thanks for being no. on the call, but Real Fit Real Food, the books are across Australia in all yeah. bookstores. Um, and you also can go check out realfitfood.com.au and to check out uh, more stuff on the book and uh, what it's all about, and you can also buy it online as well. So thank you again, Andy, for being on the show.
3: Thank you so much, guys. You are lots of fun. Oh, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad,
0: glad to hear it. glad to hear it. <laughs> guys if you think that we have lots of fun then make sure you go to facebook.com/ thewellness guys uh, make sure you like it and leave a comment there but more importantly we'd love to make sure you uh, hang out with us at the Wellness Summit uh, coming up in Melbourne August 16th and 17th at uh, the Crown Melbourne last year we had 600 people sold out and uh, if you wanted to show up at the door and hope to get in it's not going to happen so you make sure you buy your tickets beforehand because uh, we're probably going to have another sellout as well so make sure you share this podcast with your friends families and other strangers you think need a wellness update subscribe to us on itunes and while you're there leave us a five star rating and leave a comment there on, on itunes until next week begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example and let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show
1: Hi, it's Damien Christoph here from the Wellness Guys and 100 Not Out. Time is running out to secure your seat at this year's Wellness Summit. Make no mistake, this year's event will indeed sell out. So hurry up and avoid disappointment. Join myself and my Wellness Guys co-hosts, the Up for a Chat Girls, Careers Unplugged Boys, and Thermomix Queen Joe Witten, and more as we share with you and 600 others at Crown Melbourne all of our latest insights and inspirations from the nutrition, movement, and mindset worlds. Tickets are just 297 but for this two-day, 15-hour powerhouse event. To register for the event, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com and we'll see you there.
0: This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.